Well, hello and welcome back to Noah's Window. Today I thought we'd go to the book of Daniel, and I hope if you haven't already that you'll grab your Bible and read through the book of Daniel. There's so much there, and if you love stories, I mean, there's a lot of prophecy and everything in there, but there's just some really wonderful stories that uh, give us a lot to learn. Um, we just read through um, Nebuchadnezzar's story. Now, Nebuchadnezzar is off the scene where we are in our one-year Bible, and we're talking about Belshazzar. And, um, He's had an experience. I hope you'll go grab your grab the book and read uh, all of chapter five. But we're going to jump in where, where Belshazzar has sent for Daniel, and Daniel's kind of challenging him on a situation. And he he basically says, "You watched everything that happened in Nebuchadnezzar, and you and you saw how he came to know the true God, but you've ignored that. In fact, in uh, this verse, in verse twenty three. Uh, Daniel says to Belshazzar, you have not honored the God who gives you the breath of life and controls your destiny. It's, it's quite a story, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, this is such an interesting story, Mary Alice. For those of you who know a little bit about Bible history, the Babylonians were the first world empire. And they were the power that took the nation of Judah into captivity in 586 BC. Daniel was a teenager when that happened. But this is in 536 BC. It is 70 years later. And what we're reading about is the very last night of the Babylonian regime. Mm. At the beginning of the night, Belshazzar the king is on the throne and he's thrown a big party. In fact, he went over to the items that they had stolen from other nations and he got the vessels that had come from the very temple of the Lord, mm. vessels that were dedicated to the service of Jehovah God. And in order to show his dominance, he brought those vessels out, filled them up with liquor for everybody mm. to drink. That's how the night started. At the end of the night, the Medes and the Persians are gonna take over the kingdom. While this party's going on, they have stopped the water that flowed under the walls and they are busy going under the walls. Babylonians thought nobody could take down their walls. Medes and Persians didn't take them down. They just diverted the water, went under the mm -hmm. walls mm -hmm. and they are in their, on their way in to capture the kingdom. Well, anyway, anyway, while Belshazzar's having this wild party, all of a sudden there's just a hand writing on the wall. It was God who sent a message to say to the nation of Babylon, you're through. Mm -hmm. Well, Belshazzar couldn't interpret the meaning, and so he sent for elderly Daniel because he was told by the queen mother that Daniel could interpret dreams and secrets because he had the power of God in his life. So when Daniel comes in to confront Belshazzar, he says quite a few things to him. He said, you should have learned from your predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar, because he did learn. And he said, you knew all these things and you didn't learn, as Miriam's read a moment ago. But I just find it interesting. He said, you have not honored the God who gives you the breath of life and controls your destiny. Now, <laughs> Belshazzar had a God, small g, for everything. He had a God for sex. He had a God for prosperity. He had a God for money. He had a God for good fortune. None of those were real. <laughs> what Daniel says is you've been drinking your liquor in toast to these gods who clearly are not helping you since you're about to go down. But he said, you haven't honored the true God who gives you the breath of life and controls your destiny. Well, I've said all that to say this. We worship the God who, according to the word of God, gives us the breath of life and controls our future. And I think what Daniel, I know what Daniel is saying is he is the God worth worshiping. Absolutely. And that's a lesson in it for, for all of us. I, you know, I, I was really enjoying reading because I love reading through the book of Daniel. But as we're reading it, 
you know, Belshazzar says to Daniel, you know, I'm going to give you a purple robe and put all these things around your neck. And there's like, keep your stuff. I love you that. Know? I love that language. Daniel says, look, just keep your junk or give it to somebody else. But the yeah. one that you and I seized on was when Belshazzar says, I'll make you third highest oh, in, right. in the yeah. kingdom. Well, the, he, the reason he said third was Belshazzar was really second. Mm-hmm. His dad was actually king, but his dad liked archaeology. And so he was off studying digs. And he left Belshazzar in charge. So the reason why Belshazzar said, I'll make you the third highest ruler is that's the best he could offer Daniel. And although that was very short-lived because it was only going to be a couple say, hours. Daniel was like, why well, don't want to be the third highest ruler in a kingdom that's got just a little while, just a few minutes left. And, when, and after this happened, uh, Belshazzar still insisted on bringing the purple robe back. I can just imagine <laughs> Daniel must have been rolling his eyes oh, yeah, like, I, you know, I told you to keep your staff. I, you know, this is. <laughs> but Marianne, this is huge. Because yeah. This is such a thing today. There are so many people who are Christians who are pushing aside the things of God to get something from this world. And just mm-hmm. like Babylon just had a few minutes left, mm-hmm. this world only has a little while left because we know a whole new day is coming. And the good news is the God that gives us breath and controls our destiny loves us. Yes. And he invites us into a relationship with him. He wants our best. He wants us to call on him. And how wonderful is that? Well, I, I, I talk to so many Christians, and I'm probably a little bit guilty of this myself, but watch the news and we're like, oh no, do we have any future here? Well, those people on the news don't control our destiny. The Lord does. He does. Absolutely. Absolutely. And He's still working in our lives. And He, we had read in another scripture as we've been reading that God does control the course of the world's events. He's, he's in charge of all those things. Yes. But at the same time, He is tending to us. He takes care of us. And He loves us. He does give us breath. And He does control our destiny. And in His love, He controls our destiny. And we can count on that. And how wonderful is it that He invites us into that relationship, that loving relationship. You know, I got to go somewhere, and I know we've already gone a little long today on Noah's window, but there's one more place I got to go because you know how we love all the proofs that the Bible is the Word of God. Yes. So, for many years, even let's just say to the last hundred years, there were so many who questioned the book of Daniel. In fact, most seminaries said that the book of Daniel was a fraud, that it isn't real, that it's, it wasn't legit. Um, and I really believe one of the reasons why Satan hates the book of Daniel is it is a book that foretells the coming of the Lord and it also tells the coming of Antichrist. So if I were the devil, I wouldn't like the book Mm. either. But the main reason why the skeptics didn't like the book of Daniel was this person, Belshazzar. Because all the historians named the kings of Babylon, nobody named a king named Belshazzar. Herodotus visited in 332 BC, I think it was, and he did not mention Belshazzar. And so the idea was, this is a made-up name. There's no such person as Belshazzar. And, 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 and here's the thing, and I know I'm going way along on this, but one of the reasons why Daniel was thought to be a fraud was the prophecy was too good mm-hmm. because Daniel is foretelling, you know, he's, he's situated in the, in, the, in the Babylonian king, but he's talking about the Persian king, he's talking about the Greek kingdom, and he's talking ultimately about Rome. So a lot of people said, well, Daniel could not be written until Rome became a power, and this is history, mm-hmm. not prophecy. And, and the proof they would use is, well, if Herodotus in the fourth century BC didn't see anything about Belshazzar, then he didn't exist. Well, that was until the archeologist shovel started un, 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 you know, uncovering things in the last century. It wasn't long before they found Belshazzar's name. They found coins that Belshazzar actually found a deed 
that he bought a house for his sister. You know, it's just one more, one more, one more proof that the Bible is the word of God and it's right and the skeptics are wrong, you know. Yes. And and so, you know, all that all that all that denial that Daniel was the word of God, if anything, archaeology proved it was the word of God yes. because the historians didn't even know about what the word of God told about. Isn't it wonderful to see how God has woven together history and prophecy? Yeah. Because Daniel's so specific. In fact, when we talk about the book of the Revelation, Daniel is key, and that's why you did one of the uh, Clash of Dynasty series on the Daniel. Oh yeah, right. Daniel so Chronicles. yes, Daniel Chronicles. So uh, Daniel. I remember I had a conversation with a with an, an Israeli ambassador over this at a restaurant in Jerusalem. Who's a rabbi as well? Yes. <laughs> he was also a rabbi. But one more time, just to make sure I get this across, because this is really interesting when you think about it. If in the fourth century BC nobody knew the name of Belshazzar or after that, then Daniel can't be positioned after that because he would not have written about Belshazzar. So writing about Belshazzar means he was positioned before 332 BC. He's actually positioned in the time frame where he had to be, where the Bible says he was. Yes, uh, the Bible is, God proves the Bible over and over yeah. again. Oh gosh, and, I love this stuff. Yes, it's wonderful. Well, I hope that encourages you as you go into the weekend. Mark, this can be airing on Friday. You wanna talk a little bit about the message? You know, I've never heard a sermon on what I'm gonna be talking about this weekend. I've never preached one, obviously, but never heard one. Um, I just feel like I've got something special this week, very, very special. And there are some of us who have lived it, and we could we could say we've lived it. All of us will live it eventually. But uh, our series is Great Gifts and Strange Wrapping, and so we're going to be talking about one of those very unusual gifts in the strangest of all wrappings this weekend. So again, I've never preached on this, never heard a sermon on it but we'll be doing it this week. It's going to be great. I hope you can join us on campus, and if not, you can join us online at newspring.org. That's right. And as we wrap up this morning, Mark, would you lead us in a word of prayer? Father, thank you for your word. And Lord, oh, we're just so grateful that it is trustworthy, as we just talked about, that the skeptics and the cynics all blow away uh, when we look at your word, which stands forever. And Lord, we do want to honor you and worship you as the true God who gives us our very breath to praise you and pray and controls our destiny. We want you to control our destiny, Lord. We want you to be in total control. As uh, John said, even so, come Lord Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. We'll look forward to seeing you next week. We'll see you this next week.